the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. Air on. Power on. It's time to take your place on the starting grid and get ready for Racer Radio. Your host, Dave Stahl, about to take you for a white-knuckled lap around the motorsports industry, covering everything from top-notch national drivers and crew chiefs right down to your local kid racers and racetracks. Watch for the apex, because here comes Racer Radio with Dave Stahl. All right, folks. Hey, welcome to Racer Radio. FM 96.1, AM 1170, The Answer. This is brought to you by Southwest Point of Sale. If you've got a small business, grocery store, liquor store, and you're having an issue trying to keep good cashiers, well, Southwest Point of Sale might have the answer for you. Call 800-540-2149 or just go to southwestpointofsale.com and they come out to your business, take a look. If it fits, it fits. won't cost you any more than if you're buying a new cash register. Plus, it provides meat and produce scales. You get all the service you could ever want from Jeff or Mark or anybody on his team. Over 150 years' experience, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Check out self-checkout with Southwest Point of Sale, 800-540-2149. That's Southwest Point of Sale, POS, that is, dot com. And Black Forest Motorsports for all your motorsports needs, especially if you have a BMW Mini, or a uh, Porsche. But if you don't want to go racing, that's fine, too. They take care of your car just as if it was at the dealer. Uh, that's BlackForestAutomotive.com, BlackForestAutomotive.com. Check them out. All right, Brittany is stuck on a tarmac trying to get home from Vegas, and she was nice enough to set up an interview with a gentleman by the name of Richard Brodick. I don't have too much information on him, but he is from the American Historic Racing Motorcycle Association. Welcome to the show, Richard. Uh, thanks for having me on, Dave. My pleasure. So maybe for folks that are not aware of who American Historic Racing Motorcycle Association, why don't you give us a little history lesson? Oh, well, um, uh, ARMA is what it goes by short. Mm-hmm. Uh, ARMA is a historic Racing Association. We are a 501 um, not-for-profit organization. Oh, okay. Uh, dedicated to preserving, restoring, and competing on vintage and historic motorcycles. How cool is that? I mean, especially for somebody my age, that's perfect. I mean, that's perfect because you've probably got bikes that I know of, and most kids today wouldn't have a clue what I was talking about. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've got uh, Norton Manx that come out and race original ones. Um, You know, we've got bikes all the way back to the 1920s, uh, hand shift, you know, tank hand shifts that come out and race with us. So we we just cater to all motorcycles. We love everything on two wheels and, you know, the vintage and the historic stuff needs a place to be able to run. Where, Where are you guys located? 
we are based out of Tennessee, but we are a nationwide organization. Okay. Uh, we have uh, regions, um, and we, we race in five different disciplines, which would be our road racing, our dirt track, our motocross, our cross-country, and our observed trials. Gotcha. Geez, you cover all the bases. Well, the reason I was asking, would you know if there is a group in San Diego? Uh, currently, we uh, I'm not sure of too many. Um, I know of several organizations around there. Um, mm-hmm. I run the Dirt Track program, and last year was our first time getting back out on the West Coast in right. almost 10 years. Uh, and that was at Paris Raceway. We mm-hmm. love that track. We went there this year. Um, and then we've been up to Lodi Cycle Bowl. And this year we put on the first ever dirt track, flat track race at WeatherTech Laguna Seca with the help of the Salinas Ramblers. Wow, that had to be huge. Well, the only reason I'm bringing this up, outside of doing six hours of radio, and Brittany and I have the only motorsports show, in Southern California, or actually San Diego that I know. Of course, we're on podcasts. That means we're all over the place. But on the side note, I also do local television. So if you're ever coming back to Paris and you'd like some free television, all you have to do is reach out. We'll schedule it, get some bikes down there. I do it with uh, Cal VMX. Uh, I do, you know, I've had all kinds of, you know, vintage guys on TV to promote you know, events at either Willow Springs or uh, not Willow. Yeah, Willow Springs. And then Glen Helen, you know, because if we don't support what you guys do, those then those bikes will end up in a museum someplace. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we actually have um, we have a couple guys in Ken- Kentucky that have brought some of Earl Hayden's bikes out of museum wow. to come race with us. So where we're. We're trying to keep them out and bring them out of museums instead of putting them back in. No, I, I agree. And I'll never forget it. My, my grandfather told me this when I was a little kid. He says, an engine never knows how old it is, which means you put oil, put gas, a little bit of air, water if, if it needs it, and you're good to go. And I think we should keep that mindset. Oh, for sure. I mean, I uh, I think I've got about eight bikes in the garage that are currently running. Uh, you know, we all had the several projects sitting there just looking at us, waiting for us. But out of those eight bikes, seven of them are at least 10 years older than I am. Um, you know, and I turned 40 this week. So, yeah, no, I, we, I'm, we right, I'm right. running and yeah. Yeah, no, I'm right there. I'm right there with you. Cause, and then the other thing I try, I always try to do both Brittany and I is, like I said, we 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 look hard to find groups like yourself, you know. But this girl's got contacts. I mean, she's had Marty Tripe in. She's had. Um, I mean, I mean, I, I can't even think of all the names. She's going to kill me when she hears this. But yeah, so we've been doing trying to support the motorcycle community as much as we can, especially the vintage, because I think it's so important. Because the stories you guys have are, are endless. Maybe not yeah, you. And, you know, maybe not well, you, but we, maybe we, the owner of the bike, only because yeah. they would be older than you since you're only forty. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's that's part of my job. I get to go from coast to coast to all these races and meet incredible uh, people. What a job! And listen to their stories and and race next to them on the track, 
Uh, I've got guys that race with me that are 72, 74. They're still going at it. Um, well, and on with, a, you know, any given day, it's still hard to beat those guys. With that being said, if you ever want to get them on air, if nothing else, to get them on air, that you can save that history, you know, I'm more than happy to work with you because, I, like I said, I do six hours of radio and I have one hour that I leave open just for situations like what we're talking about. I'll find somebody somebody interesting, somebody with a great cause, somebody with a good product, and boom, we'll just knock out an hour with no commercials. And then you've got a PR piece to use, you know, especially if you know you're going to go do an event and this guy's really up there. You can blast it out on social media and use it. Then you, then you get a copy of the show. So something we need to talk about. And Brittany can give you all my contact info. Yeah, definitely. I know I've got uh, several in the dirt track um, discipline that, that have been racing since the yeah. late 40s, early 50s, not to mention even over on our uh, cross country and our motocross, and especially in our trials, we've got guys that have been doing this stuff, you know, definitely way older than, you know, more than I've been alive, but, right. you know, from the, the 50s for sure. Um, and they've, they've got the bikes that they had when they were kids. So it's wow. it's always just a cool story to listen to these guys. Well, the stories the are everything. The stories are everything. Yeah. I mean, when you come right down to it. You know, the bikes are kind of a second second nature. They're beautiful. They look good. But, man, when you get into the, some of the stories, what they had to go through to either get to the race, prep for the race, run the race, yeah. I love I love history, especially motorsports, motorcycles, all that kind of stuff. It, it's just amazing. And these all guys and girls are all so humble. You notice how humble they are. Yes, yes. It, it definitely is a. Um, we we support the modern bikes. We support the modern sport. But when you get into the guys who've been doing it for a long time and they're on their vintage bikes, they're willing to talk to anybody. They're willing to race against anybody. And you can they let people just walk right up, sit on your bike, see, you know, again, like you've discussed, um, a lot of these bikes, people haven't seen them outside of no. online or magazines or museums. And we're not even just showing them off. We're running them. We're yeah. racing them. We're putting them through their paces. Wow. Hey, what's your website? It's been a great segment. Uh, it is uh, Arma, A-H-R-M-A dot org. Uh, we have all the schedules. Uh, most of our schedules for next year are, are pretty much confirmed and up there. We have a magazine that goes out every month that details all of the races we've done, what's coming up. Um, we have you know spotlight pieces on some of our riders. Perfect. Just because, like you said, the stories on these, oh. these guys have been racing with us. All right. So one more time on the website, then i got to let you go. Uh, it's uh, arma.org. That's A-H-R-M-A dot org. All right, buddy. Hey, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and ride safe, and I look forward to talking to you down the road. All right. Good to talk to you. All right. We're going to take a quick break. We come back. Hey, guess what? Dirt Dude's going to try to climb into the steps of the racing school teacher right here on FM 96.1 AM 1170, The Answer. Hi, right, folks. Welcome back. You're listening to Racer Radio right here on FM 961 AM 1170, The Answer. This thing is brought to you by El Cajon Ford. El Cajon Ford down in El Cajon right on 
Main Street, 1595 to be exact. They've even put the used car department there, so no longer in Santee. So you take a cruise over to El Cajon, you can see new, used, get your car serviced, and they'll work on everything that you have in your driveway. That's right, with qualified master or qualified technicians for sure. Uh, so check them out. But if you're looking for new, used, the inventory is slowly but surely creeping up. Uh, a lot of Broncos. In fact, uh, Paul's been selling quite a few from what I can see on, on uh, social media. So check them out. Big sponsors of Barona Speedway. Can't thank them enough for uh, sponsoring this show every single week. Hey, we got a we got a golden opportunity. We got Dirt Dude, the, uh, the golden tongue of Barona Speedway. He's their announcer. And uh, don't get a chance to talk to you too much off-season. Following any motorsports? Um, yeah, I've been following a lot of stuff that's been on Facebook. Um, the Gateway Dirt Nationals were just happening over the weekend. A lot of cool action there. I mean, it's a small, small track. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one of our local kids, actually, at, um, Ricky Thornton Jr. out of Arizona, went out there, won the first show. Kenny Wallace made it into the 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 A main, and then there was a 16 year old kid out of nowhere, you know, backward from Kentucky, gets flipped over on the back straightaway, going into three, and they go to interview the kid. One of the best interviews I've ever seen. The guy gets out of the car, he's not mad at anybody. He's like, "Well, you know, that just blew my chance of the weekend." He goes, "I've been coming here since I've been a kid." Well, he's 16. <laughs> yeah, but he I was, was just like, on, he was just one of the greatest interviews I've ever seen. And then he just like goes live, like he's telling everybody, "Hey, you know, help me out, buy my shirts." And then like all of a sudden, I became his friend on Facebook just from following that. And oh, it, my. You know, just was a character. He was like, they're like, oh yeah, we were talking to this kid earlier. Give him, give him the play by play, and he was just doing this like whole Kenny Wallace like in the car, like how the car would be driving, you know. <laughs> Just totally cool. That is that real. Like, Nationals, man. It was. It's on. It's all on Facebook, and they've been covering it. There's been a, a few controversies. One of the guys, day, uh, night one, got pinched off in the corner, and then like hit the key rail, and they're like, he came back and then punted the guy down ooh. the back straightaway. Just like, hey, you know what? Not fair. You you chopped me off, and then I don't know. There's both sides of the story. Hey, both of them are kind of a hothead. What do you think is going to happen? I mean, you know. They're not going to say, oh, I'm so sorry I bumped into you. I, I hope you're okay. <laughs> Definitely going to be DQ'd. They're going to DQ one of the guys for rough driving and uh, then see if the other guy advances. But, I mean, he couldn't advance because the rear end of his car was tore up because the guy that he tore up the front end on came back and just, hey, I'm already uh, done. You're uh, done with me. No. Much. So it took them both out. Oh. Yeah, this is all. If you watch any of the um, well, at Flow on Flow Racing, so if you subscribe to that, a lot of people do. Uh, this is all on flow. This is one of those big races back east. And then I know we're getting ready to come back out here. Winter Nationals are going to be in Cocopa. We're still setting up our season. I know we're tentative for right around April. Oh, okay. I was wondering. Somewhere in April is, is a tentative uh, start date for us. No definite schedule as of yet, but that's what we're looking at. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what I was figuring. I mean, it's the general rule right now you guys there's a lot to do between now and april that that's for sure hey what what's that what's that uh what is that race down in florida the snowball that's the other one that they were talking about i think that's next weekend did you the hear derby? did you hear that i think set one of the sextons qualified in like i think the top 10 
And oh no, it's that's a sprint car race then. Huh? I thought it would yeah. be dirt late models. No, I, 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 you know, I don't know. I just caught a little bit, but actually, somebody told me at breakfast this morning. But uh, Keselowski, Brad Keselowski, he qualified fortieth. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and that's all everybody's talking about is that he qualified fortieth, and well, in hell, all thirty nine other people out qualified him. I'm thinking, my gosh. And he says, well, not you gotta, the, you gotta, you know, you gotta know these, these kids are coming up now and they're uh, racing and it's their life. And you're not going to go back to their track or back to any of these tracks and think you're going to be uh, the NASCAR guy that's going to show up. The only thing I, the only one I think could really do it would be, um, Kyle well, Larson. Yes. Larson is the only kid yeah. that can show up and be like, Hey, I drove these. I know what they do. Right. I've been in a midget, been in a sprint car, 410, 360. Yeah. NASCAR, truck, everything. That guy has been everything everywhere. Except for, I think off road. Well, did you hear where he dropped in at um, what's the track? Aventura. Yeah, just dropped in. Somebody, wasn't even sure he's going to make it. Wasn't even sure he's going to yeah. make it. So they handed handed him the keys he, to the car, and he but came in second. Well, yeah, they started dead last because he wasn't even there for the driver. Right, that's what I'm saying. Mean, like, hey, thanks for showing up. Now like, he walked second y- out of it. You're an announcer at a dirt track. You've seen every form. Explain to me how he could get in a car that he's never driven, and it's totally 138 percent legal, and goes from last to second. I, I, God-given I, talent. That's what it is. Ungod-given talent. Because you've you've I mean, raced more than anyone else, right? You've raced. I've raced. Yeah. I've never had that. Never, never had that result. But that is just such an amazing gift that kid's got. Let me tell you. But there are a few people like that. I mean, like, no, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple of races. I'm like, dude, how did you even get that car to even stick like that? He goes, yep, it just works for me. I know where I know where to get in my apex. I know when to get on it, get off it, hit the brake, set the car. You know, they just have that ability. It's right. Right on them. And the only way anybody's going to know they have it is just, it's not like a commercial, but support your local tracks, whether it be dirt or asphalt, the go-kart tracks. Um, I was just doing an inspection on an Audi R8, had your name all over it. And this guy had this. Hey, give me one. It has my name all over it. I'm telling you, I fired this thing up, almost had a heart attack, big V10. But anyway, this guy bought his kid a mini i mean a mini cart it's for asphalt so he, he's put this kid in it it's got a little motor on the side looks like it's pretty small and kid's scared right now but he is going to groom this kid and if he was my dad i could be one of the best drivers on the in the country because this guy i think is that's that's his goal but who knows? Maybe, maybe not. That's that's the only. It's like anything, you know. But you got to give kids opportunities. I don't know if you you do this, but every time I'm out, or I'm at KUSI, or wherever I'm at, and I see a little eight nine year old, I look at their parents and I say, "Hey, you need to get this kid in the cart, or you need to get him in a car out of Barona." Yeah, we were out there one time, and those are the kinds of things that'll get because we have the greatest little mini group down there in the small tracks. I don't know if you've ever read Tony Stewart's book. Tony Stewart, uh, he wrote a book about his life and everything. And he said when he started out in go-karts, he felt bad because he never had any of the best equipment. His dad's like, you don't need the best equipment. You yeah. can drive. 
They can't. They, you give them the best equipment they have, and you still can beat them with this, you know, equipment they yeah. have. He goes, Tony was like, I was out beating these kids that were, like, sponsored <laughs> yeah. with nothing, with junk. And he goes, I would go out there and just whip them, whip yeah. them, you know, and they never knew what hit them. And he yeah. goes, just having that ability, having that talent is what it is. Yeah. And, and you know it when you know it. I mean, you, I mean, it's not like you'll, you'll have it, try it, and then never go back. If you have, if you have it, you'll know it. Yeah, there's a few people you can tell. They race with money, and there's a few people you can tell that race with talent. So. And, I mean, you can do okay with money. I mean, I, you can yeah, get you training. Money, you don't have to worry about wadding up a car. You're like, right. man, yeah. I will fix that later, you know. <laughs> you, you're buying. You're buying a whole race series. Guys like you and I, or, you know, Brittany will even tell you point blank, you know, she doesn't go into the turn as hot as she probably could because she doesn't want to wad it up. She doesn't want to have to, you know, put any money in it because she doesn't have the money you know, set aside for a crash. <laughs> I tell everybody, I live vicariously through racers right now. Yeah. I, mean, I don't have to, no money out of my pocket. I just get the excitement of it. Hey, you do good, you do good. You don't, hey, I still got to watch great racing. And you could get up, and you can get up in the morning with no aches and pains. Maybe a little bit of a sore throat, but no aches and pains. Yeah, my wall's not dead at the end of the night, too, either, you know, because I don't <laughs> have to look at how much it's going to cost to replace everything. So, just go to the track news just for a tad. Uh, it's kind of like if it's not broke, don't fix it. Not a lot to do to the track, you think, for next season, just you know your normal maintenance and grooming? Uh, the old girl's running good. I think we're just going to put a little bit of a coat yeah. of paint on it, you know, and go through and, you know, update some stuff. I know that there's stuff that they want to do, like, you know, lights, sound system, and everything like that. It's you know, that's down the road. It's too expensive gotta, right you know, now. Go through another season. Yeah, go through another season. I think we're going to still carry the same thing. Definitely dwarf cars, pure stocks, um, sport compacts, uh, pure stocks, streets. Um, yeah, that's are the definite. Throw in, you know, sprinkling some maybe some sprint cars if we can get them in. Um, you know, the, the modifieds are definitely going to be there. We're doing both the mod and the sport mod, which is the B, A and B mods. Um, just figuring out the schedule on them and the ponies. Uh, it, there's so much to throw in there one night. I, if we can keep it, I like to see like five to six main events right. in, in a night. Right. When you get up to seven, you're kind of yeah. hustling. And if you have any problems tonight, you're kind of just like, oh, no, now we're like way behind. But mm-hmm. keep it five to six, you get through the night. Everyone can you know, come back down in the pits and have a good time. You get done early. Everyone has has a great time. So, yeah, no, I, sure, I, like I said, I agree. That is going to be Trish, Todd, and and Mark now are doing all the scheduling. You know, the t- uh, Mark just picked up a race director for next season. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how what he's got planned for his you know aspect of that. Plus Tr- Trish and Todd, you know, they're the ones that actually run the place, so they have all the controlling interest in it to make all the decisions they want and. I know that they want to just make sure that everyone has a great night of racing and, you know, just trying to get people out there. And as far as track rules, regulations, nothing's changed. You can still bring a trailer, park it out there as long as you're self-contained. You can barbecue. You can bring your own beverages. Uh, but you really got to try out the uh, the uh, food station because it's awesome. And, and, you know, one thing we never talk about, and I've never even been in, but I will next uh, season, is the gift shop. What's in there? Yeah. The souvenir stand, like hats, T-shirts. Uh, we have a couple of track photographers that, you know, post their pictures there on or online. So yeah. you basically can pick up pictures, uh, like I said, hats, T-shirts, and then, like, stickers. 
And sweatshirts if you get cold. And everything. Sweatshirts oh, yeah. when you blankets. get cold. They had blankets there before. Um, so, you know, that's, you know, just one of those things we keep going with. But I, you know I just, what? I don't, I don't think really I didn't, change it for next year. Yeah, I didn't think anybody. I mean, I didn't really even know about it. But I have to tell you, Cajon Speedway. That's where I got all my sweatshirts and jackets. Like, God darn, I forgot my jacket again. <laughs> well, you don't have a permanent car because I was say I'm not. I just don't. Every time I see you, you got a different car. Oh. You don't have a Brona sticker on the back of your car. No. Like, hey, you know, I would love Speedway. to. I'd love to, but I'd tell you how much money I'd spend a year on on bumper <laughs> stickers. Hey, man. This has been fun. I'm glad you called in. That was great. I appreciate it. All right. Enjoy your day, man. We'll catch up later. All right. Take care. That's Dirt Dude, folks. Barona Speedway. Thanks, El Carlin Ford. This is Racer Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. Hi, folks. Welcome back. You're listening to Racer Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer segment brought to you by paris auto speedway boy if you've not been to paris auto speedway you have missed out on probably one of the best times you'll ever have you're going to go to a dirt track that is fast maybe even a little clay added great food great announcer great show probably one of the best you'll ever see paris auto speedway and this girl has got a dirt track that will curl your hair and guess who i got on the line i got my good buddy don kazarian promoter Water truck driver, grader operator, might even flip a burger or two. How you doing, Don? Good. Thanks for the introduction, Dave. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. So, if folks, if you're not aware what's going on with Paris Auto Speedway in the state of California, Don's going to give us a chat with maybe what's going on, what we can do to help, and maybe uh, closer to a resolution. So, Don, the mic is yours. Well, let's see. I think this is the third or fourth time I've been on this program since we uh, went public with our story. Uh, thanks to all the race fans, not only in Southern California, but across the country. We had a meeting, I think it was on November 4th. It was actually Friday at the Oval Nationals, which I wasn't really too busy at that time. But that's what time they wanted to schedule a meeting. So we had a meeting with our state senator, Roth, two of our supervisors, Hewitt and uh, Jeffries and the mayor of Paris. And they gave us an hour to sit down and talk about the project and how the impacts were going to impact the speedway. And we were in the conference room with the speedway for about two hours and 15 minutes. Uh, the end result of that meeting was uh, both the supervisors contacted Governor Newsom. Uh, State Senator Roth actually contacted the director of DWR trying to seek a resolution. Uh, but it, it also got the attention of some more mainstream media, and we had a very good article in LA Magazine, which then caught the eye of Univision, and then caught the eye of ABC News. So we had both television stations out last week. Uh, Univision was there for about six hours doing interviews with all the parties, and ABC was there the next day for four hours. Wow! As a result of yeah, as a result of that. Uh, we, are, we are planning a rally outside of the Riverside County building in downtown Riverside this Tuesday morning. At uh, It's going to start at uh, 10 o'clock, and we're asking everybody to be there at 9.30. The response online has been tremendous, uh, and we are going to ask the other three supervisors that they get involved, uh, along with our new state assemblyman. Uh, so... 
you know, we're trying to get a full court political press to get the governor to step in and try and resolve this issue with the Department of Water Resources. Wow. Well, you know, like you said, thanks to all the race fans, the racers, the supporters of, of that track, because you couldn't do it without them, without without their help, for sure. And I agree. Big thanks to them. But we're not done yet. There's still more to do. What would you recommend? Oh, oh we're not done yet at all. Yeah. Uh, still call the governor. Still call the governor every day. Uh, you know, we have the support of the state senator. You can call him, too, so he doesn't forget about us. Uh, the other three supervisors, you can start lobbing phone calls into them. I hope to meet with our new assemblyman that just got elected this next week. Uh, his offices, temporary offices, are actually in the fairgrounds office, so I think I'll be able to walk over there and oh. get a meeting pretty easy since I'm only 100 yards away from that office. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we just have to keep the pressure on the politicians. And yeah. uh, as, of, as of right now, DWR had a, had a uh, presentation to the fair board a couple weeks ago, and they're now projecting the start of the project to be June of July of next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we'll see if that happens. That will be about the eighth or ninth start date. Uh, but what's troublesome is, you know, DWR actually submitted an offer into the fairgrounds this last April for a loss of goodwill revenue due to the impacts of the project of over $1.6 million. What? Now, where do you think that revenue comes from? Where do you think that revenue comes from, Dave? It comes from our events. It comes yeah. from Parasano Speedway's events and Toro Wapo Event Center events. Wow. Uh, the, fair, the fair no longer even receives any percentage out of the parking for now their four-day fair, let alone they used to receive 50% of their nine-day fair. But that, that nine-day fair is gone for at least the next three years. Wow. Oh. You know, it just it just irks you when you, you've supported the fairgrounds for 28 years now, paid tens of millions of dollars in, in rental payments to the state. Sure. And these, these the people from DWR will not recognize us as legitimate tenants. No kidding. So let me ask you yeah. this. Let's go the other side. What's What would be the easiest and simplest resolution if you were in charge to satisfy both parties? It's, it's a pretty simple process. I mean, you could hire as many as three appraisals, you know, and then, then work, work between the three appraisals and come to some agreement. I mean, we've been in business for 27 years, 28 years. I mean, I have tax returns for 28 years. Uh, you know, uh, the, the appraisal that they hired back in December of 2020, it took basically 10 days to do appraisals on five businesses. That normally would take three or four months. And uh, and I've, I've been lucky enough to see those three appraisals. They all have different assumptions. How can you have different assumptions on the same project? Hmm. So is there any disruption of the fair or the track if this process goes through? There could be a disruption for the track, sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, you know, the, the, the main impact to the track is going to be traffic. Because when, they, when they closed down Evans Road, which is the main uh, thoroughfare uh, west of the west of our entrance, down to two lanes, it triggers 
regional traffic where 11 out of 16 intersections are operating at level F 24 hours a day, seven days a week, plus the two on-ramps off of Ramon Expressway. So it's basically 13. You want to add, you know, Harley Knox off-ramp, too, because they say it's going to be at level F. Basically 14 out of 16 intersections in that region are at gridlock seven days a week. And there's nothing they can do to get around it because that's what they got. That's where they're doing their project. That 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 is with mitigation measures. Mm-hmm. They've they've already instilled mitigation measures of retiming lights. Uh, the bottom line line in the EIR to quote the human uh, uh, health and safety of the of the uh, neighborhoods far outweighs the significant and unavoidable impacts to the businesses. Wow. Well, like yeah. you said, the fight is still there. Um, it's just, just doesn't. It, you're supposed to be running a racetrack. You're not supposed to be a lawyer. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. But I, I might take. I might take the bar in a year or two. <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna say you'll be definitely qualified to take the bar. So I guess it's just. What's great? What's great? Yeah. You know, they announced this project they announced this project in two thousand thirteen. I went to the original scoping meeting. At that time they said the project would be, you know, certified by the AR and done by twenty nineteen. We're now almost ten years after they announced the project and they still haven't started it. God. I don't know, man. It's just it's just crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Um so right now you're just kind of taking it one step at a time, but you're up against some we're, pretty. We're, oh, we're still knee deep in the litigation, Dave. Okay. I mean, okay. we have two law firms, two law firms working on it. Uh, you know, we're in the deposition phase right now. Um, you know, uh, we're, we're going to win the lawsuit. I mean, yeah, uh, that's usually the, the case. The attorney general, yeah, the attorney general office they they filed four different demurs on four different claims. We won every one of those. Uh, then the judge demanded that they only had 30 days to finally uh, respond to our complaint. You know how many pages their response was to our 42-page complaint? Hmm. A page and a half. Oops. That's it. The first page was nothing but the first page was nothing about just lawyer addresses and names and and you know defendants and you know plaintiffs and. The next page, they had a, about a page or no, a paragraph and a half of the same argument they made for the four demurs, basically saying they haven't impacted us yet, and they've sued us too soon. <laughs> that makes no sense so, at all. That makes no sense. So they've they've made an offer to the fairgrounds based on what they believe their you know uh, uh, impacts are going to be. Did they make that offer too soon? That is just, that is. I mean, I don't want to sit here and play lawyer. But there's no logic to it. No. Well, but sometimes they seem to think they can win whether it makes sense or not. I mean, my gosh, I mean, look at the way government runs, not just in your situation, but all up and down the state of California. I mean, they, they these people, it just you just know they're, they're, they're from another country. They're from alien. They're aliens, as my wife says. Yeah, Department of Water Resources has a very long history of wearing 
the people that sue them down and just turn right. them into roadkill. They right. financially break them. Yep. They can't. They can't stay in the litigation for two, three years. Like I told our crowd, they picked the fight with the wrong guy. Oh boy, did they ever! Hey, let me get you. To, can you stay for another segment? Ah, uh, sure. All right, cool. We're going to take a quick break. We come back more with Don Kazarian, and we're going to save the track, as the old saying goes, right here on Racer Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170, The Answer. All right, folks, welcome back. You're listening to Racer Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170, The Answer. Segment brought to you by Certified Car Clinic. Certified Car Clinics located over by the drive-in in Lakeside. They'll do everything from motorhomes to race cars to street cars to everyday cars. They even have a dyno in-house if you're doing a little competition. Because uh, Greg definitely has become the Mopar guy, just saying. Hey, we got uh, Don Kazarian. Uh, we asked him to stay on for another 15. He's in battle uh, up in Paris at, for Paris Auto Speedway. And there's a project that's trying to get through with the uh, uh, the water department, and they're not playing nice. So, as we mentioned a little earlier, you don't mess with Mr. Kazarian, especially if he's right. But it sounds to me like you've got the right team. The only thing you really need us to do as a general public is start making those phone calls. Just keep making phone calls. And uh, all the numbers on your website... Oh, yeah. You go to our website, click on our Facebook page, all the information on the rally this Tuesday morning's on there, all the numbers of the local officials, except for our new state assemblyman, but that'll be up in the next day or two. Uh, just keep calling, put the pressure on them. It's all a numbers game, and eventually, hopefully, we get Mr. Newsom to step in and uh, resolve this issue. Have, have I guess you haven't gotten any correspondence with uh, Newsom's office. They're probably just waiting for it to work its way up from the lower levels. Uh, there have been letters sent from uh, county supervisors. Uh, oh, yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. State, uh, yeah. State Senator Roth has made contact uh, with the governor's office. He's also made contact with the uh, director of DWR. Uh, he had a, one of his field reps called me Thursday and said, Hey, have you heard from DWR? I go, no, why would they call me? You know, and he goes, well, the state senator met with the director. She promised that she would have somebody from DWR reach out to the three parties and see if Whoa. they wanted to sit down and talk. I said, I said, I'd love to sit down and talk. You know, so, you know, let the senator tell the senator, you know, call back the director. You know, so, you know, you lie in bed at night, you can't sleep, and, and you go, this really is not that complicated. Yeah. They are just trying trying to delay us to death. I, uh, yeah. And also, also sticking every government agency they can for inspections. I mean, I don't know if I mentioned this to you, Dave. I've had more inspections this past year than the first 27 years combined. Oh, you know, I, I'm telling you, when I, I have to tell you a cute, quick story. So I work for this guy. As, as a Toyota dealer, and he wasn't the best in town, and he was very grumpy. And he says, so, like, Hazmat showed up, or, or uh, uh, what you call it, showed up to for safety, just to check our, our dealership out. So he called me, and he says, who is that? And I told him, he says, throw him off the lot, tell him to make an appointment. I said, what are you, crazy? He goes, just do it. No. So I 
catered to him because if I made that guy mad, every other department in the county, fire, say you know, all those guys, and they did it. I had friends that have that happen to. So you were so that's good. That that definitely raised raised somebody's eyebrows. That's good. Well, I mean, not only raised somebody's eyebrows, it, it, it cost me over seventy-five to almost well, hundred thousand yeah. dollars in things things they wanted repaired or right. replaced. I mean, we're talking, we're talking. They they wrote up my videographer's ladder up on the tower that was built in nineteen ninety-six to OSHA specs by a certified welder. I couldn't find the certified welding report, so they had me cut it out and just go buy uh, you know a fourteen hundred dollar ladder with a uh, five hundred dollar gate on top. Really? Grand bond, thank you. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I can go on and on and on. Yeah, I mean, I know. They, they they wrote up they wrote up the handrails were uh, not at the proper heights and and uh, I had to add handrails and and add add railing to both sides of the stairway going up to the top of the tower. That was that was almost eighteen thousand. Uh, you know. Well, it, like you said, one thing after another. They're trying to get. They're just doing their. They're trying to wear you down, and if they can yeah. wear wear you and, down, then they won. Yeah, and you know the entire twenty twenty two racing season, that tower that's been there for twenty seven years was never allowed to be open to the public, even though I spent all that money. Oh, really? Yeah, oh. and I got in this do loop in April and March or May where I would call California Construction Authority and say, okay, now what do I need to get, have you guys issue me a permit? Yeah. I need to go to Cal Fire and get a permit and then we'll issue a permit. I go to Cal Fire and say, okay, I need to get a permit. How do I do this? Well, you go get a permit from California Construction Authority and then we'll give you a permit. So that went on for weeks. I have, I have a meeting. I finally get a meeting through the fairgrounds with the top gal of Cal Fire out of Sacramento the chief of Southern California Cal Fire, the two inspectors, uh, the top guy out of California construction, the head inspector, had two lawyers in the meeting. Meeting, we sat in the office for about two hours. We walked out to the tower, went up to the tower. Everybody says, ah, it looks, looks really good, you know. Uh, and then we went back into the office, and they said, well, we need you to do three more things. We need you to lower your occupancy from 72 people, which I'd never had an occupancy in 27 years, down to 49. I said, fine, good. And they said, well, that'll, that'll lower the, the uh, code requirements with only 49 people up there. Now you need to replace the mesh behind the pass line. No problem. Well, you don't have any emergency lighting up on your stadium lighting that will come on if your lights go off in the middle of the show. I said, I'll add those two lights. Now, I got to tell you, I'm the only racetrack in Southern California that's got a you know, big cat generator that automatically kicks in when the power goes off. Right. And the whole facility is lit to, to emergency lighting. Uh, anyway, so I start working on those three things. And five days later, I get an email out of California's construction authority for about 14 more items. My God. Yeah. And it took me weeks. Weeks to finish what they wanted. And they still haven't signed off? They haven't signed off. I had an emergency lighting inspection about a month ago trying to get the tower opened up for Global Nationals. I, I have to admit, one of my emergency lights uh, that I tested like eight times didn't come on on the south side of the tower. So the inspector said, okay, when you repair that 
send me a picture. So I repaired it, sent him a picture, uh, did not get it open back up. Uh, I had to add a, a ladder gate to the ladder. It's only an eight-foot-tall ladder, uh, so, so nobody could climb up there when we're not open. I took pictures of that. Um, I sent everything off, never heard from him, but I got a bill for $4,600 for my lighting inspection for a 30-minute inspection. Oh, oh, 46. Which included, which included travel, even though the inspector was already down in Southern California. Yeah. But I had to pay for his travel to and from Southern California, even though he had other business to do that day. Boy, makes you wonder how many other companies paid for travel for one man to do one job. Amazing. Yeah. No, it's just, you know, uh, Cal Fire inspectors, $240 an hour. Portal to portal. The the, uh, Cal Fire bill for the month of March for inspections was over $20,000 between three entities. I mean, yeah. I'm speechless. I'm never speechless, but I'm speechless. No, this is the way this Department of Water Resources does to anybody that sues them. They are the most corrupt state agency, and we're talking top to bottom. And there's a huge cover-up that we know about. I really can't talk about it. There is a huge cover-up uh, regarding this whole thing that we're going through. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Well, yeah. anytime you yeah. need help at this end, I'm here for you. So all you got to do is reach out because uh, this this is just – this is crazy. It's even it's all it's even bigger than the track problem. The track itself, when, you know, when it comes down yeah. to problems. Yeah. yeah, wait until wait until this hits. You know, ABC News, Los Angeles, uh, Univision, which is the is the highest rated news broadcast in LA. Wait till it hits there. Oh my lord! You know, uh, you know we're going straight to the Sacramento stations, and we're just going to beat the war drum. Yeah, we have no other choice. Yeah, you we can send no that. You you can send that show to anybody you want, right? You know, if they allow you, and you could give that to other stations. Oh, no, no, yeah, I'll, I'll get all the clips, and we're going to put it up on <laughs> on our social media. But you know, uh, it, we're we're now getting into the fight. It's yeah. taken two and a half months to yeah. really get in the ring, yeah. and we're in the ring now. And between our two law firms. We got a lot of stuff to discuss. Yeah. Well, you got to call yeah. in periodically and keep us up to date because this is almost, much as I hate to say it, kind of like a soap opera, you know. Oh, it is. <laughs> and it, the story just—I hope is. you're right and taking good notes because this could be either an, an owner's guide to to business fighting the government, or it could just be a great book down the road. No, no. Xavier Ortiz is the promoter at the Toro Wapo Arena Event Center. For the first four years he was there, he didn't he didn't have one inspection, right? Not one. Right. We filed a lawsuit. We filed a lawsuit last November. Right, and you've had twenty something. I mean, he, he's 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 had at his events. He'll have three to four Cal Fire inspectors there for the full event. That's a thousand dollars an hour. Wow. What? And they, you know, and then they've made him file for this special event permit for each one of his events. 
it, it has just been ridiculous. And it's not special. I mean, take the time, look up under the coast. They're basically saying what I do is really special. And, and I need to get a yearly special event permit, which I've never had in 26 years. Jeez. You know, and I can't file I can't file for it. The fairgrounds has to file for it. Right. And if I change my schedule, if I change my schedule on one date, I have to file for another one. And pay the price. And pay the price. Man, yeah. talk about government at its worst. I'm glad you're. Yeah. I, I'm glad you're talking about this. You know, Scott told me he says, "Hey, if you got a little extra time, Don's got a good story." And, and man, I am telling you, this is just. This needs to get out. I mean, I know this sounds weird, but this needs to go to Tucker Carlson. Yeah, I know. Well, we we tried to get in touch with Fox Business News. We tried to get in touch with Fox. I mean. What, just wait till these two things are next week. Uh, the media is going to cover our rallies live Tuesday morning. All right. From 11 to noon noon. So at least, you know, next week it's D-Day. We're, we're, we're back. All right, buddy. Hey, appreciate it. All right, don't go anywhere, folks. Gun Owners Radio right around the corner. i got to run next door. This is FM 961 AM 1170, The Answer. This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.